98K News. It's 11 o'clock on Robert Camp. Tonight's headlines. Government says it will offer 15 residential sites for sale in the coming year, with space to build about 6,000 flats. People living in poor quality housing or facing long waits for public flats are to begin moving into converted hotel rooms, and China approves two more domestic vaccines. The government says it will offer 15 residential sites for sale in the coming year, with space to build about 6,000 flats. Most of the plots are in the new territories, with four on Hong Kong Island. The only site in Kowloon is the former RTHK Education TV building. The Education Bureau asked for the building's return last year on the grounds that it needed more office space. Development Secretary Michael Wong said the Bureau had told them it was no longer needed. At the moment, it is being used by EDB for office purposes. So it's being used as offices. EDB has confirmed to us that they will no longer need to use those office space. So, so like um, other government sites or buildings that are no longer used by the current user, it goes back to the lands department and then will consider its future use. Mr Wong also dismissed concerns that a proposal to turn over five commercial sites in Kai Tak to residential use would undermine the government's ambition of making Kowloon East the city's second central business district. Even without the commercial floor space from the five sites that you just mentioned, um, we'll be talking about an increase of 1,300,000 billion square meters of additional commercial floor, floor space uh, and colonies. So, so I, we, we do not think that the current studies and the possibility that they will be converted towards residential use will affect the future of um, colonies as our second CBD. Mr Wong says officials will also study whether the area's transport infrastructure can accommodate a higher population. People living in poor quality housing or facing long waits for public flats will begin moving into converted rooms in hotels and guest houses by the middle of the year under a government plan to provide so-called transitional housing. The government will seek $95 million from the commun- for the Community Care Fund to subsidise NGOs that will rent 800 rooms and select tenants. The NGOs will also set rents, which the government must approve. Raymond So, the Undersecretary for Transport and Housing, spoke through an interpreter. After the hotels and guest houses do not participate in this service anymore, they can go back to their original business. But there is a precondition. They must take part for at least two years to ensure that there will be a security of tenure for the tenants and the tenants do not have to be evicted. The mainland's National Medical Products Administration says it has approved two more COVID-19 vaccines for public use, increasing the number of domestic vaccines to four. Wang Yingting reports. The two newly approved vaccines are made by CanSino Biologics and Wuhan Institute of Biological Products and affiliates of China National Pharmaceutical Group, also known as Sinopharm. They joined a vaccine from Sinovac Biotech approved earlier this month and another from Sinopharm's Beijing unit approved last year. So far, China has not approved COVID-19 vaccines developed by Western drug makers. Sinopharm's Wuhan unit says its vaccine had an efficacy rate of 72.5%, citing interim analysis of late-stage clinical trial data without offering more detail. The four approved Chinese vaccines can be stored at normal freezer temperatures. The Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury, Christopher Hoy, has dismissed concerns that a 30% increase in stamp duty on stock trades will undermine Hong Kong's competitiveness as a financial hub. 
Hang Seng Index fell 3% after the announcement in yesterday's budget, but recovered some of its losses today. Speaking at a press conference to elaborate on the budget proposals, Mr Hoy said Hong Kong still had an edge. Because after all, uh, we do compete on quality and also we go compete on the liquidity of our market. Cost is just one of the many factors. If you look at the overall value chain of a stock transaction, STEM, which involves the trading part, uh, is just one of the key components. In Hong Kong, we don't have the withholding tax on dividends. We don't have the capital gain tax. So by and large, some of these tax elements, which can be found in other jurisdictions, are not found here. So uh, on that front, I would say that we are still very competitive. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The Labour sector lawmaker Alice Mack says people in the sector are disappointed that the government rejected its suggestion to offer subsidies to the unemployed, adding that a guaranteed loan scheme is a poor substitute for cash handouts. She also criticised the Financial Secretary's decision to limit the loans to people who had spent at least two months out of work, noting that a survey showed that as many as 80% of employees had lost part of their income during the pandemic. Speaking through an interpreter, she urged the Financial Secretary Paul Chan to extend the scheme. For those uh, civil aviation practitioners, they are not sacked. However, they are only paid at $1,000 per month or $2,000. In considering the eligibility, you have to provide flexibility, not just the unemployed. For those who have lost income and have been underemployed, they should be eligible for the loan as well. And you don't have to worry about abuse because they have to pay you back. The Financial Secretary has defended his proposals for loans for the unemployed and electronic vouchers for all permanent residents. Speaking on a radio programme, Paul Chan rejected calls to give cash handouts instead of the proposed $5,000 electronic vouchers. He said people could use the vouchers for daily necessities or food. A caller to the show said many places used by the underprivileged didn't have the e-payment machines necessary to process vouchers. Stores at three markets in Tumun and Yunlong don't have octopus machines. The stores selling three portions of vegetables for $10 don't have octopus machines. Maybe the secretary doesn't know how we grassroots people live. We don't want to spend money now. We want our basic livelihoods supported. If we need to spend $1,000 each month, maybe we don't urgently need anything and prefer to save it for later. But if we have to spend it every month, it will just help big corporations. But the chairwoman of the Hong Kong Retail Management Association welcomed the electronic vouchers. Annie Yao Chair said the move could boost sentiment and help the sector at a time when tourists were unable to visit. She said she hoped the use of vouchers would encourage the adoption of electronic payment methods. However, she called on the government to help small retailers who were used to handling cash and didn't want to pay fees for to electric payment providers. We foresee that there will be a bit of impact to those uh, small retail shops. So we hope that the government can consider uh, negotiating with the payment gateway to see if they can waive the charge or if not no charge, then at least to reduce the charge to a lower percentage. Health officials say five more people who went to a Chinese restaurant, Chim Sa Choi, last week have tested preliminary positive for COVID-19. Six others connected to the restaurant have already come down with the disease, taking the cluster to 11. Wang Yingting reports. The Center for Health Protection said among the 11 cases, eight had visited Mr. Ming's Chinese dining in the K-11 Museum Mall on Thursday and Friday last week for lunch, while the remaining three were staff. Officials said as some of them don't know each other, it's believed the restaurant may have been the place where transmissions occurred. 
A compulsory testing order has been issued to anyone who visited the restaurant during last Thursday and yesterday. Earlier, health authorities reported 13 new coronavirus cases. 12 were locally acquired, three from an unknown source. They are a 34-year-old saleswoman, a quality control worker aged 62, and a 16-year-old schoolboy. The government says the $8 billion set aside in the budget for safeguarding national security will not be going to the office set up for this purpose, but it can't disclose any details about where the money will be spent. Here's Jimmy Choi. According to Financial Secretary Paul Chan's latest blueprint, the massive sum will go to a special fund for national security purposes. Following media requests for more information, the government issued a statement noting that the national security law states that the SAR government should provide funding to meet the expenditure for safeguarding national security and approve the establishment of any relevant posts. It said the financial secretary would submit an annual report to LegCo on the control and management of the fund. It then added that the money allocated has nothing to do with the expenditure of the Office for Safeguarding National Security, because this is funded by Beijing. As to what exactly the money will be spent on, the government said it is not allowed to say. The statement said. According to Article 14 of the National Security Law, no institution, organization, or individual in the HKSAR shall interfere with the work of the Committee for Safeguarding National Security of the HKSAR. Information relating to the work of the committee shall not be subject to disclosure. Therefore, except for the above, we have no further information to provide in relation to the relevant provision. It added. Nancy Department Surveyor has been remanded in custody after being found guilty of possessing an offensive weapon at the scene of a protest. Police found him carrying a laser pointer. Priscilla Ung has details. Loi Kai Tim had earlier told Kuntong Magistracy that he had just finished having dinner with his family in Ngao Tao Kok on October the 13th, 2019, when he saw the police dispersing protesters. He claimed he was frightened and tried to leave the scene along the same route as black-clad protesters before he was stopped and arrested by officers for running away suspiciously. Police found the laser pointer when searching Mr. Loi, but there was no suggestion that he had done anything with it. Magistrate Minnie Watt questioned the 33-year-old's testimony, however, saying it was highly suspicious for Mr. Loy to be present at the scene at the very moment a protest was taking place. Miss Watt also dismissed the defendant's argument that he had to use the laser pointer for work, saying he had no work plans on the day in question. She found him guilty of one count of possessing an offensive weapon in a public place and adjourned sentencing to March the 11th, with Mr. Loy taken into. Custody in the meantime. District Court has adjourned an unauthorized assembly case against eight pro-democracy activists until early May. Chief District Judge Justin Coe approved the delay so the defence could study documentation and to allow two of the defendants, including former lawmaker Lan Guokong, to apply for legal aid. The eight are charged with organising, taking part in, or inciting others to join the protest, which took place on July the first, as the new national security law took effect. Police say they've arrested a 73-year-old woman on suspicion of murdering her husband. Officers were called to a home in Kwai Yu House on the Lai Yu Estate in Kwai Chung at half past four this morning. They found a 69-year-old man bleeding from six knife wounds. He was declared dead at Princess Margaret Hospital about an hour later. His wife, who is understood to suffer from schizophrenia and depression, is still in hospital. 
Retired billionaire Li Ka-shing has reclaimed his position as Hong Kong's richest person this year, thanks to a 20% jump in his fortune. Jimmy Choi reports. Li Ka-shing came in at the top of the Hong Kong's richest 2021 list, compiled by Forbes Asia, with an estimated fortune of 35.4 billion US dollars. The magazine says although the share price of its property developer CK Asset Holdings fell 27% over the past year, the 92-year-old benefited from his stake in the US-listed video conference provider Zoom, which flourished around the world during the COVID-19 pandemic. Coming in second on the list is the founder of Henderson Land, Li Xiaoqi, who has a net wealth of 30.5 billion US dollars, while the city's third richest man is New World Development boss Henry Chang. Others who secured a place on Hong Kong's rich list include chairman of Galaxy Entertainment Lo Chi Wall, as well as the former head of property developer Wheelock & Co. Peter Wu. Forbes Asia said even though the SAL's economy contracted 6.1% last year, stock market gains provided some reprieve as the benchmark Hang Seng Index was up by 5% since the previous rich list came out. It said the combined wealth of the 50 tycoons on its 2021 list increased by 7.5% from last year. President Xi Jinping has declared complete victory in the country's effort to eradicate rural poverty as a ceremony in Beijing to celebrate what has been a signature initiative of his tenure. Priscilla Ung reports. President Xi said in a speech at the Great Hall of the People that the achievement was a miracle that shall go down in history, adding that almost 100 million poor rural residents have been lifted out of poverty over the past eight years. Eliminating poverty in rural areas is a key contribution to accomplishing the goal of building a moderately prosperous society in all respects, the president said. He claimed the country has created a China example of poverty reduction and made tremendous contributions to global poverty alleviation, adding that the Chinese Communist Party's leadership and the country's socialist system are the fundamental guarantees against risks, challenges and difficulties. Mainland state media have framed the reported accomplishment as an early birthday gift for this year's 100th anniversary of the ruling Communist Party. But some global policy experts have said China sets a low bar in its definition of poverty, with sustained investment required to fund continued development in its poorest areas. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, the government says it will offer 15 residential sites for sale in the coming year, with space to build about 6,000 flats. People living in poor quality housing or facing long waits for public flats are to begin moving into converted hotel rooms. China approves two more domestic vaccines. The news from RTHK. No matter how fit we are, it is important to get vaccinated to prevent COVID-19. All along, we have received different vaccines to prevent infections. Vaccines will help create antibodies and memory in our immune system. When we come into contact with viruses in future, our immune system will quickly resist them. It is the simplest and most effective method to protect ourselves and others. Let's get vaccinated.
started for the second hour of the late show for this thursday 25th of february 2021 that was the pogues and how come going out especially for the boys in armar tuned in via the internet i'm simon wilson sitting in for uncle ray the world's most durable dj will be back with you he's sheltering in place during this current covid spike and as soon as it's safe to return he will be back in the meantime playing the music of the 60s 70s and 80s for another ooh, 10 minutes or so before we slow things down with some assorted ballads easy listening all the way through till one with just a hint of that late night nostalgia request lines are open if there's something you'd like to hear two double three double eight two six six is the number coming up we got some barbara streisand bg's lobo even some roger whittaker now here's the water boys (laughs) 